Welcome to Grace New Hope and the teaching ministry of Pastor Randy Rainwater. Today, Sheba is teaching about how to start a new year by looking both ways. Please turn in your Bibles to Joshua. Let's listen now. Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing today? Awesome. What an incredible way to start the new year at church in the presence of God with other believers. How many of you guys are excited about that? Yeah? It's already off to a great start. Anyone stay up till midnight? Most of y'all? Okay, funny thing, last year I had a party at my home and um, I had a bunch of friends over and I kicked them all out before 10. I was like, we celebrated the new year, we're good, let's go. I'm ready to go to sleep. This year I stayed up until midnight. But we are so, I'm so glad that you guys are here this morning, and um, what an incredible way to start this new year at church. The new year, how many of you guys have already set resolutions and goals for the new year? Maybe some of you, none? Come on, guys, don't be afraid. It's 1030. Y'all have had plenty of time to sleep in this morning. The new year functions as a restart for many people, perhaps certain frustrations or failures that you had last year now become the goals that you set this year, right? And we create resolutions because we want to be better versions of ourselves. You guys want to know what the top five resolutions are this year? Number one, pretty easy to guess, healthy lifestyle. Exercise, eat healthier, lose weight. Number two, save more and spend less. We can all use a little bit of extra cash in our pockets. Save more and spend less. Three, spend more time with family and friends and less time on social media. And four, reduce stress at your job. You guys ready for the fifth one? This is the real kicker. This year, I actually want to keep my New Year's resolutions. Did you know that 80% of resolutions fail by February? Most people fail on their resolutions by February. So if you guys get to March this year, good job, okay? (laughs) How many of you guys have at least one of those things on your list for this year? I sure do. Awesome. As we are crossing over into this new year, I wanted to read about the Israelites as they crossed over into the promised land. Because as they were doing that, God gave them some special instructions as they were crossing over, which are applicable to us this morning as we're entering into 2023. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Joshua chapter 4. If you need a Bible, go ahead and raise your hand and our ushers can get one to you. Joshua is in the Old Testament between Deuteronomy and Judges. Joshua chapter 4. Go ahead and raise your hand if you need a Bible. I want to set up this story for you. So, God delivers the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. And his whole purpose, his whole goal all along was to take them into the promised land. 
But because of their disobedience, because of their constant complaining, their time in the wilderness has been lengthened. And they have been wandering in the wilderness, wandering in the desert for over, for 40 years. And in that time, Moses, their leader, passes away, and Joshua becomes the new leader of the people. And God finally gives Joshua the green light to take the people into the promised land. Okay, but in order to do that, they have to cross over the Jordan River. And it's flood season. The Jordan River is actually overflowing. It is higher than normal. And there is no way, no possibility for the people to make it over on their own. But how many of you guys know like impossibilities are God's opportunities, right? For some reason, he loves when all the odds are against him. He loves to take us to our, our end so that we can't rely on ourselves. We rely upon him. And the impossibilities in our lives actually become opportunities for God to demonstrate his power and his might so he alone can get the glory. So that's exactly what he does. He tells the priests to step into the water by faith. And as they do, the water recedes and dry ground appears. The Israelites cross over into the promised land. And this is where we'll pick up in Joshua chapter 4, starting from verse 1. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from this very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will all camp tonight. These are not tiny pebbles. These are boulders that they carry on their shoulders. And why does God tell them to pick out 12 stones? Verse 6 says, we will use these stones to build a memorial. What's the purpose of a memorial? The purpose of a memorial is to signify a historical event, right? It's to remind us of something that happened in the past. Every time we look at this object, we'll be reminded of something that happened in the past. So God is telling them to build a memorial, to take these 12 stones and build a pillar, stack them up together so that they will always remember his supernatural intervention in that moment. He didn't tell them to do it tomorrow when they crossed over. He didn't tell them to do it once they got comfortable and settled in the land. He told them to do it immediately as they were in transition, as they were crossing over. Why is that? Because he knows that humanity is prone to forgetting. We develop spiritual amnesia real quick. We forget. Sometimes what God did last week or yesterday, when a problem or a trial arises in, your, in our life today, I mean, we totally forget what God did just a few days ago. So God tells them to build a memorial that every time they look at those pillars of stones, it's a perpetual reminder of his faithfulness and his supernatural intervention. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11 it says, beware that in your plenty, you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands. For when you have become full and prosperous and when you've built fine homes to live in, 
when your flocks and herds and become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied. Our translation can be when you've got a nice home, when you've got multiple cars, when you have not just your basic needs met, but, but you have excess, you have more than you can ever need. Don't become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness. That when we are living in our blessings, we're living in the prosperity that God has given us, that we don't forget. Because he is the source of every blessing. He is the source of everything that we have this morning, the breath in our lungs. Don't forget when God gave you that promotion. Don't forget when you've been praying for a lost loved one and they finally come to know Jesus. Don't forget when he took you from an apartment to a house. Don't forget what God has done in your life. Don't forget these things because we tend to be forgetful. Anytime a problem arises, we tend to forget the faithfulness and the goodness of God. How many of you guys have experienced God's goodness in your life? Amen. Don't forget the things that he has done because he is a source of every blessing. Every single person in this room has experienced something from the Lord. Amen? So as we're crossing over into this new year, remember, look back. Take a look at 2022 and remember God's faithfulness. Remember something that God did for you. Reflect on it. Create a memorial. Write things down. And these will become our stones of remembrance. Don't forget what God has done in your life. Now, what's interesting in this story is why is God like telling them to remember? Why is God telling them to, to make a memorial as they're going into the promised land, right? It's the land they've been waiting for. It's the land they have been hoping for. It is the land of plenty and abundance. It's the land of flowing with milk and honey. What do they have to remember? It's a good land. This is the prayer that they've been praying for for 40 years and it's finally becoming fulfilled. What do they have to remember and why? Well, the promised land is actually going to require a new level of faith. While they were in the wilderness, it wasn't comfortable, but they got to experience God in such a unique way. God literally hand-fed the Israelites. Every single day, they got manna straight from heaven, and that was their food. Every single day, God directed their steps. The cloud by, by night and the fire, is it cloud by day and the fire by night, guided their every single step. He protected their possessions and their belongings from wearing out. God was so uniquely personal to them in that time, but the promised land is gonna require a new level of faith. Just because they're coming in doesn't mean life is going to be easy and everything's going to be good. But now they're actually going to have to depend on the Lord. They're going to learn how, need to learn how to trust in him. They're going to need to learn how to be relying upon him. He's not just going to hand feed them every single day anymore. They're going to have to depend on him and learn 
how to trust in him. You see, the promised land actually comes with its own trials. It comes with its own giants. It comes with its own fears. So no matter what season of life you're in, whether you're waiting in the wilderness and you've been there for a long time, or whether you're flourishing and thriving, no matter what season of life you're in, every season has its own challenges and hardships. In every season, God develops our faith uniquely. We learn different things about God in every season. And this is why we've got to hold on to those memories. We've got to hold on to the things that God has done for us because that's what will, what will fuel our faith for the future. Remembering God's faithfulness in the past fuels faith for the present and the future. If you're around a fire and it's simmering down, what do you do? Yeah, you put some more wood on uh, in the fire, right? And as you do that, it begins to burn longer. If you're feeling weak in your faith, if you want to throw in the towel, if life's hardships are wearing you out and your passion, the passion that you once had for God, seems like it's simmering down, add some fuel to your faith. How do you do that? Stop looking at your current circumstance. Stop looking at your situation. Take a, de a trip down memory lane. Reflect and recount, retell those stories of God's faithfulness in the past. And as you do that, this fire, this passion will be rekindled. I was reading, um, I actually just opened up my Bible this week. And randomly it opened to Psalm chapter 18. And... <clears throat> It's dated right next to it, 5-21-2018. And I, write, I love writing in the margins. I wrote in the margin, sometimes death seems sweeter than life. I'm not fearful of death. I'm afraid of continuing to live like this. And it just reminded me of a time where I struggled with like intense anxiety, a time when fear paralyzed me Yet at the same time, I was able to give God thanks for helping me overcome in that season. Because I'm not there. I'm not where I used to be. God brought me out of that. And as I remembered, I mean, I just, the gratitude was overflowing, the passion. And I was like, thank you so much, Lord, for my sanity. You alone did that in my life. Look back and remember God's faithfulness. It will rekindle a passion. It will rekindle a fire in your life. Amen? I'm going to tell you a story. So my theology professor in grad school, he was such an incredibly passionate man, and his wife was diagnosed with cancer. She went through chemotherapy, and she did all the clinical trials that were needed but still the cancer remained in her body. And she, her body was deteriorating and she eventually passed away. But in those couple of years as she was struggling, my professor would show up to class every day and teach with like such great passion. 
He taught with conviction. He taught with this deep love for Jesus. And I would just be so amazed because he was one of my favorite professors, not only because of what he taught, but also because of what he, how he lived through this trial. It spoke volumes to me. And I just remember thinking, like, how could you go through one of the worst nightmares in your life, yet have such incredible faith? How can you walk through such an intense trial, but still love God so deeply? And I asked him one day, I was like, don't you get mad at God? Like, don't you get upset with him? Explain this to me. How do you have this? Because I want what you have. And he said, Sheba, I literally will never forget what he said to me. He said, Sheba, yes, I have my days. There are times like it's just overwhelming and life feels like it's crushing me. But at the same time, I have to remember, I've got history with God. I've got history with God. If I look at this one situation as an isolated event in my life, then perhaps I'll renounce my faith. Perhaps I'll walk away. But God has intervened in my life. He has been faithful over and over and over again. His word has proven to be true in my life. I have experienced him. I can't forget all the history, even though this is so painful right now. I've got history with God. And you do too this morning. You've got history with God. Don't forget your history. Don't throw it all away because of one painful situation or or circumstance that you're going through this morning. Look back and remember God's faithfulness in your life. Don't forget that. And we don't only, we not only remember for ourselves, we actually remember for the next generation as well. I'm going to finish reading verse 6, Joshua chapter 4, verse 6. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. Don't just keep those stories to yourself. Tell them to your children, your children's children. Inspire faith in the next generation. The greatest legacy that you can leave for your kids is for them to be strong in their faith and dependent on the Lord. Amen? My brother recently gave me this book. It's just a simple book. And it was written by a man who decided from a young age to keep a consistent journal, to consistently do his devotions and write them down every single day. Or maybe he missed a couple days, I don't know. Um... And what he did is later on when his kids were older, when his kids were adults, he published that book. He published his devotions into a book and he gave it to his kids. And it's so cool because I was looking through it. It's dated. It'll say January 2nd, 1999. And then there's a little snippet about what was going on in his life, a a verse and how it applied to his life. 
What an incredible legacy, right? That when you realize that Christ is the most important thing in your life, you want your kids to know. Maybe that could be something you guys do. That you consistently, you're steadfast in your relationship with the Lord. You write these things down. You pass it down to your children and your children's children. How incredible would that be? So inspire faith in the next generation. Don't just tell these stories to yourself. Don't just remember for yourself, but share them with your kids and share them with people around you so that you inspire faith and you encourage them in their walk with the Lord. So that was my first point, is to look back and remember, because as we look back and remember God's faithfulness in the past, it fuels faith for the future. It encourages us. It strengthens us. But, you know, enough looking back. We're going to leave 2022 in the past, and we're going to move on to 2023. And when we look forward, we look forward with courage and with hope and with expectation right? Can I get a smile from you guys? (laughs) We look forward with courage, even though for most of us, there's really nothing new about the new year. It's just another day. And for a lot of us, we're like, okay, new year. Eh, I've got the same problems. I'm carrying in the same issues, family issues. I've got the same anxieties and fears. There's really nothing new about the new year. New year, same problems. Every year I've been disappointed over and over and over again. And perhaps a hopelessness has set in. You're like, I really don't want to expect anything. It's better not to expect. It's better not to get your hopes up. I want to speak to you this morning because God speaks to Joshua before they're crossing over and he speaks a word of encouragement. He speaks a word of hope and he wants you to have that same encouragement. He wants you to have that same hope. He wants you to walk into this new year with expectation of what he can do. So turn with me to Joshua chapter one, verse six. Very famous verse. I'm sure you guys know it. Joshua chapter one. 1 verse 6, be strong and courageous. For you are the ones who will lead the people to possess all the land I swore to your ancestors. So God's saying, I'm going to fulfill my promise. I know the people have waited for 40 years. I know year after year after year you've been disappointed over and over and over again. And you're like, God, how long? God, when are you going to answer that prayer and that promise? Um, and God's like, the time has come. I've been testing you in the wilderness. I have been shaping your character, but now the time is about to be fulfilled. You see, you've got to realize that God is not just interested in getting you to the promise. The process is just as important as the promise because it's in the process that he refines our faith. It's in the process that he shapes us. It's in the process that he makes us to look more like Jesus every day. Without the process, you just get prematurely into the promise, then it's just... It's going to destroy your life. It's in the process that growth takes place. The process is just as important as getting to the promise. The journey is just as important as the destination because it's in the journey that growth happens. 
Amen? So God says, be strong and courageous. I'm going to fulfill my promise. The next verse starts the exact same way. Be strong and courageous. Say it with me. Be strong and courageous. So the first was followed by a promise. And this one is followed by a principle. Okay? God's going to give us some instructions on what to do and how to live. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave to you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction. It's talking about the word of God. Continually meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. This is the principle that he wants us to follow. The word meditate, it comes from the Hebrew word hagad. And it means to moan, to mutter. It means to make a noise. This is very different from when we think of meditation, right? For us, meditation means like sitting on the ground, crossing our legs, and being in silence, right? Eastern New Age meditation is all about emptying the mind, getting rid of all thoughts, getting to a place of like nirvana where it's this hypnotic trance-like state. But biblical meditation is not about emptying the mind. It's about what we put into our mind. Biblical meditation is about what we put into our mind. It says meditate on the word of God. Feed your thoughts and your mind the word of God every day, day and night. And not just think about it, but mutter it, say it. Let it constantly be on your lips. If you're struggling with fear and you feel like fear's, fear is like something that's a constant issue for you, then why not memorize a, a verse on fear, right? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And every time fear arises, that you think on that scripture verse and that you constantly say it, it's constantly on your lips. And as you do that, courage will begin to grow in your spirit. That's why God says be strong and courageous that as you follow this principle of meditating on the word of God, your thoughts, your actions, your words, your behaviors come in alignment with the word of God and courage will grow within you. Meditate, mutter constantly. Let it be on your lips day and night. And the final thing Verse 9, this is my command. You guys know what's coming next. Let's read this verse together, actually. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So first was the promise. Then we were given a principle. Now we're, prom we're given his presence. Amen. It's a command, it's not an option. Fear is not an option for the believer. Why? Because his presence goes with us wherever we go. 
1929, the United States went into the Great Depression. Any of you guys alive at that time? No. <laughs> okay, good. Um, and in this Great Depression, many people lost their jobs. Life savings were wiped out. Homelessness was on the rise. Stock market crashed. People were paralyzed with fear and doubt and hopelessness. Just four years later, the U.S. was still in the Great Depression. It was 1933, a new president was being inaugurated. His name was Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And he was 51 years at that time. But just 12 years earlier, FDR contracted polio. Polio is a virus that has been eradicated in the West. But um, what polio does is it cripples your body. So it paralyzed him from the waist down. He could not walk. But there are very few pictures of, of FDR in a wheelchair or looking like he has a disability because he never wanted people to disqualify him because of his disability. So on that day, on the inauguration, I mean, can you imagine? He becomes president even with this disability. And he gets up on stage wearing metal leg braces. And he holds on tightly to the podium. And he reinstills hope into the American people. He promises a better future. He promises that he will create more opportunities. And that's exactly what he does. But there's this famous line from his, his speech that he says, and we still remember it to this day. He says, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Fear is crippling. It paralyzes. It erodes faith. It takes people to the brink of suicide because it creates hopelessness. But God says, my presence is with you. There is no need to fear. And if you're going into this new year and there's fear that 2023 is going to be like 2022 or 2021 or 2019, you're just like, what's going to go wrong this year? Then you're going in with the wrong mindset. He, God says, go in with expectation. Why? Because his presence is with you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. For the Lord is with you wherever you go. You are not going into this new year alone. Christ is going with you. Remember that. His presence is with you. So leave your fears. Why not? Why not just surrender your fears? Why not leave them in 2022? The fear of failure, the fear of not feeling good enough, the fear that nothing is ever going to work out for you, the fear that things will always be the same. Let's leave those fears in the past and shake off disappointment and walk with this hopeful expectation because Jesus is with us. Amen. 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 Let's just give it up for the Lord. Be strong and courageous. If you're feeling fear this morning, let it go. Surrender it to the Lord and know that his presence is with you. Remember these three things, the promise. Be strong and courageous. God's word does not fail. God keeps his word.
be the principle. Be strong and courageous. Meditate on his word day and night and his presence. Be strong and courageous. God is with you. Amen. The worship team can come on up. And I want to conclude with something practical. So we've got communion on the stage. And communion is, is, is like a memorial, right? Because Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. That when we take it, we remember his death, his sacrifice, and um, his resurrection as well. So if you want to start this new year, you've never given your life to the Lord, you're like, I want to do that. I want to commit my life. Or maybe you need to recommit your life to the Lord. Why not examine your heart and do that this morning? We'll have the prayer team in, in the corner at the cross right here. Patrick can go over there. That would be helpful. And some other people to pray. And if you want to recommit your life or if you want to surrender your life to Jesus, go ahead and do that this morning. Reflect on where you are with him. But also when you're up here getting communion, there's these baskets. I'll put one here as well. And within them are stones and also Sharpies. And these will become your stones of remembrance. I want you guys to write down something that God did for you in 2022. Or maybe in the past, it can be a, one word, a name, a date. Write it down. And as you're going home, as you're driving home with your family, or maybe you are um, at the lunch table, today, why don't you share that story with your family? Reflect on God's faithfulness and what he did in 2022. And anytime you're going through something hard, anytime a challenge arises, pick up that stone and remember, tell yourself that story and let it inspire hope within you to trust in the Lord and to be dependent on him even in hard times. In Psalm 77, 11, David, who went through so many hard things, he writes, I shall remember the deeds of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. Amen. Let's close our eyes and pray. Lord, we just love you. God, you are so, so good. Thank you, God. Thank you for what you've done in the past. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness that we have history with you. You're such a relational God. You walk with us through everything. We're so grateful, Lord, for what you've done in the past, but we're also hopeful and expectant for what you will do in the future. And I pray that today, as we walk into 2022, that we would walk with hopeful expectation. We would walk in knowing that your presence is with us. We are not going in alone. And if there's anyone in here, Lord, that is really just dealing with fear and anxiety and worry of what could potentially go wrong in this new year, I pray that you would calm their fears. I pray, Lord, that you would teach them to depend upon you, God. Lord, if there's anyone in here that needs to 
commit their life to you or rededicate their life to you, I pray that the Holy Spirit would just nudge them, would speak to them, Lord, right now. Because following you is the best thing we could do, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, God, for a new year, a good year. Even in the hard things, we're going to be faithful to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you.